And now, Revival Fires International presents the Revival Fires radio broadcast with the dynamic evangelistic ministry of Dr. Tim Todd, a powerful voice for God and country. Welcome to this very special Christmas edition of the Revival Fires radio broadcast. This is the season where we as believers celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus, the most priceless gift of all. Speaking of gifts, there's something incredible about people exercising their gifts at Christmas time. Today, Dr. Tim Todd will elaborate deeper into what this really means as he leads us to Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Let's turn our attention right now to this powerful message found in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 as Dr. Tim Todd delivers this powerful message entitled, Stir Up the Gift. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. So God created humans in His image. In the image of God, he created them. He created them male and female. Now turn to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the earth and blew the breath of life into his nostrils. The man became a living being. The title of my message this morning, Stir Up the Gift. This passage of scripture that we just read, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, when I read it, it did not bless me. It did not fortify me. In fact, it did not uplift my self-esteem. Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 that God created you and me from the very dirt of the earth. Look at me. We came from dirt. Let that sink in. Just bless you for just a moment. So if you've ever been tempted to be saved and stuck up or anointed and arrogant or to think that you're all that in a can of Pringles, it would behoove you to read our text again, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, because it is very clear that you came from absolutely nothing but dirt. Amen? So with that in mind, it's interesting to notice that irrespective of who we are, how much money we have in the bank, what kind of clothes you wear, grades you make in school, young person, no matter how cute you are, your hair done, your nails done, your fancy or anything else, irrespective of all of these things, you and I came from absolutely nothing but dirt. So with that in mind, I want you to look at the people in front of you and behind you, look to your right and to your left at everybody around you, look right up here at me and realize that according to the Word of God, everybody that you just looked at is a dirt bag. (laughs) Just trying to keep it scriptural here. You know, isn't it funny all the things that we will do with our dirt? You got up this morning and you washed your dirt. You put deodorant on your dirt, I hope. You ladies, all of the money that you will spend on your dirt, you get your dirt pedicured and manicured. Some of you even tan your dirt. In our nation, we spend billions of dollars on dirt and dirt surgery. You can get a dirt lift. You can get a dirt suction. I mean, anything that you want today, you can have it done. Amen? In fact, I, I think some of you need to have an illustration here, okay? Now, now this a visual. This here is dirt. Now, there's not anything special about this dirt. It's interesting because I had issues with coming from dirt because I realized that for the most part, dirt does not have a positive connotation because we say things like, you better watch out. You better watch your mouth. You've got a dirty mouth. Or we say, you better take a shower. You're dirty. And I had issues with coming from dirt 
because I realize that God is an awesome God and everything that he does, God does with beauty and with excellence and with splendor. Amen. If you've ever seen a sunset, you've seen the handiwork of the God that we serve. If you've ever seen a a waterfalls as it cascades down the side of a mountain, you've seen the craftsmanship of the God that we serve. And so God does everything with beauty and with excellence. So out of all of the things that God could use when he created you and me, his most prized possession, the one that he would send his only begotten son down to this earth to die for, out of everything that he could use in the universe, he chose dirt. And I thought, God, what's up with that? I mean, even the streets in heaven get gold and all we get is dirt? I had problems with that. And God began to reveal to me the revelation that is encapsulated within the creation process. How many of you know that God is always showing us things about his character and his attributes? And I want to thank God this morning that even though God is holy, that he is not intimidated by working with dirty things. You see, we serve a God that is awesome, and yet he is willing to work with things that are awful. We serve a God that is magnificent and yet he is willing to maneuver in the mundane. And I want to thank God that in a society and in an environment that we live in today where people are saying, oh, keep that dirty situation away from me and I want to try to stay as clean as I can. God says, no, bring that dirty situation to me and I'm going to put my hands right in the middle of it and I'm going to breathe the breath of life into it and make it a living soul. I thank God that God is willing to work with dirt. Only God can take a great mess and turn it into great nests because he is willing to work with dirt. But you see, if, you're, if you are stuck up, then you can't thank God for that. Because if you have issues, and some of you, your issues have got issues, you ought to thank God that God is not intimidated by working with dirty things. Only God can take something that is not beautiful and turn it into a blessing. God works with dirt. Can I take you deeper? Please understand that dirt is the only environment that is conducive to a seed. You cannot plant seed in gold. You cannot plant seed in a diamond. But if you have dirt, the gardener can take that seed and plant it in that dirt and turn it into something that it wasn't before it went into it. How many of you know that God is an awesome God? And God is an awesome gardener. And even though you came from dirt... There is a seed that's on the inside of you. There is a gift that is on the inside of you and you owe it to God and you owe it to yourself to find out what that gift is. You owe it to God to find out what it is that God has called you and set you apart to do. Amen? That there is a gift that's on the inside of you. Somebody say, there's something on the inside of me. I love what the Apostle Paul said to his spiritual son, Timothy. He said, Timothy... Stir up the gift of God that is inside of you from the laying on of my hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of a love and of a sound mind. Paul was telling Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, there is a gift that's already on the inside of you, and you just have to stir it up. Now, that passage of Scripture is powerful, but I love the historical context of that text because Bible scholars are unanimous that 2 Timothy is the last passage of Scripture that uh, the Apostle Paul wrote. Irrespective of the sequential order of the Pauline epistles, 2 Timothy is the last thing that Paul wrote. So as you read 2 Timothy, 
You are privileged to eavesdrop into the mindset of psychology of a man who knows that his life is just about to end. So out of all of the things, now think about why is that important? Because there's something about the consciousness of death that causes you to come into perspective as to what's really important in your life. How many of you know if the doctor told you right now that you had five hours to live, that when you left the service, you would not go home and watch reruns of Duck Dynasty? You would want everything that you did to have weight and substance. You would want everything that you did to, to, to be important because you would realize that you only had a few hours to live and you would be fully aware that your life was about to end. So as I read this passage of Scripture where Paul says, Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's inside of you, I had to ask myself, why in the world, out of all of the things that the Apostle Paul could say, in the closing moments of his life, he felt it important to say this to Timothy, Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is inside of you. Why did Paul say that of everything that he could say? I'll tell you why. Because ultimately, that's what's important. What do you do with your dream right now? What are you doing with the gifts that God has placed on the inside of you? Are you exhaling what God inhaled on the inside of you from before the foundations of the earth? You know, there's only a couple of things that I'm really afraid of. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm afraid of big, mean, vicious dogs. You know, when I was a teenager, I went to someone's home. I, I didn't know who this individual was, but I went to this home and I knocked on the door and around the corner came this big, mean, vicious Rottweiler full speed ahead in attack mode. And as he jumped into the air to attack me, just out of fear, I put my fist together and I hit him in the side of the head and I knocked him to the ground long enough for me to run as fast as I could and get out of that fence. As a result of that, I don't like big, mean, vicious dogs. I just don't like them. I don't like venomous snakes. Anybody else that doesn't like snakes? Uh, in fact, when I was 10 years old, I was running across the, the woods and, and, and I was bit by a venomous copperhead. I ran to the house and this lady that helped my mom take care of us kids, she took a razor and, and cut the fang marks together and sucked the venom out just in the nick of time. As a result of that, I don't even like to see snakes on people's feet. I don't even like snakes, shoes that are made out of snakes. Now, I like alligator shoes, but I don't like, I don't like snake shoes. I don't like venomous snakes. But let me tell you something. Worse than venomous snakes and worse than big, mean, vicious dogs, I'll tell you what I'd be more afraid of. Standing in heaven and for God to put up on a big screen all of the gifts that he placed on the inside of me that I did not use while I was here on the earth. And then for God to put up on another big screen everything that he would have accomplished in the lives and the people around me if I would have utilized those gifts. God has put gifts on the inside of everybody that makes up Faith Tabernacle that he wants you to use in this church body to build the kingdom of God. And God is telling every one of you, begin to stir up the gift of God that is on the inside of you. Stir it up. Stir it up. I heard one writer say that the tragedy in life is not in death, but rather what you let die on the inside of you while you yet lived. He said, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you already. Now, I was raised in Joplin, Missouri, and, and as a little boy, we had pear trees in our, our yard, and I used to love to wait till those pears got yellow, and then I would, I would pick them and I would eat them, and I have to eat them in the yard because they were so juicy and, and, and they were so messy. They'd get all over my clothes and all over everything around me. One time as a little boy, I got to the, the, the last of my pear, and I noticed I had uh, seeds in my hand. I didn't know what those seeds were. So I 
brought them to my dad, being the precocious child that I was, and I said, Dad, I said, what are these? Dad said, Tim, those are pear seeds, and if you plant those seeds in the backyard next to the other pear trees, he said, you can have your own pear tree. That's all I needed to hear. I ran as fast as I could, and I planted those seeds in the backyard, and, and, and I went to school the next day, and I mean, I was happy and excited. I, I mean, I, I was going around to all of my friends. I'm going to have a pear tree. I'm going to have my own pear. I'm going to give you some pears. I'm going to give you some pears. You made fun of me for being short. I'm not going to give you any pears. I mean, I, I was excited and elated. And as soon as church, as school was out, I got on the bus, went home, and I ran to the backyard, and much to my surprise and dismay, my, there was no pear tree. So I, I thought, well, maybe it needs a, a day or two more to grow. So, so I went out there the next day and, and no pear trees. And, and I went out the next day. F finally, after three, four, five, ten days, I'm ready. I don't want to go to the backyard anymore. I'm thinking, why have this, has this pear tree not grown? I planted the seed, so I mean, I was upset. I stood at the back door, and I was crying. Somebody, I need a violin. Somebody planted a violin back here. I was crying, and I was upset. I, I had my nose pressed against the door of the, back, of the back door, and I was just looking out the back door, looking out the back window, just crying, and my dad walked by. My dad said, Tim, why are you crying? I said, Dad, you lied to me. You told me that if I planted those pear seeds, I'd have my own pear tree. I planted those pear seeds a few days ago, and there's no pear tree. Dad said, Tim... What have you done with the seeds since you planted them? I thought I was in trouble. I said, I haven't done anything with them, Dad, I promise. <laughs> Dad said, no, Tim. He said, what you've got to do is every day when you get out of school, you've got to go get that hose, go over to where you planted those seeds, and water those seeds. Dad said, wipe the tears away, go get that hose, and water the seeds. I hope somebody here is getting what I'm saying here. You see, there are a lot of Christians today that have got their nose pressed against the window pane of their life. And they're crying because they think Father God has lied to you about the promises and the blessings that He desires to manifest through your life. And God is saying this. God is saying, I'm not lying to you. God said, you've just got to stir up the gift that is already on the inside of you. And see, if you'll begin to stir up that gift, then you'll see things that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. He said, stir it up. He said, stir past the fear. Stir past the doubt. Stir past the worry. Stir past the low self-esteem. You've got to, some of you sitting here, even in this group of people here, you need to stir past your past. He said, I, God said, I want to do a great new work in your life, and I want to do a, a, a great new work through you, but you've got to stir up the gift of God that's inside of you. And listen to me. When you begin to stir it up, watch. When you begin to stir it up, you're going to notice that there's a gift on the inside. There's a blessing on the inside of the dirt. You've got to stir up the gift of God that's inside of you. God is saying, I put gifts on the inside of everybody that makes up faith tabernacle. What you've got to do is you've got to stir it up and stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. God said, listen to me, God said this morning, quit looking on the outside and start looking on the inside because I've already placed things on the inside of you for you to help build the kingdom of God through faith tabernacle. In this church body, God has put things on the inside of you and giftings on the inside of you that perhaps you're not using for him right now. He said, stir up the gift. There's two important days in your life. Not the day that you were born and the day that you die. But the day that you were born and the day that you 
find out why you were born. And the day you find out why you were born is the day that you uncover the gifts that God has placed on the inside of you. And I'm wondering this morning, do you know what your gifts are? Because you've got something. All of us have got something. What are your gifts? Some of you can sing. Now, some of you cannot sing. <laughs> and you need to lip sync to the glory of God. But you can do something. All of us can do something. Some of you have great financial ability. That's a gift from God. Some of you have got athletic ability. That's a gift from God. Some of you have got personality. How many of you know that's a gift? So God said, stir up the gift of God that's already on the inside of you. When you begin to stir up the gifts that God has placed on the inside of you, the devil will attack you from every direction. When you begin to utilize and exercise effectively the gifts that God has put on the inside of you, the devil will put a laser beam on your head, on your forehead, and he will do everything he can to attack your family, your ministry, your home, your finances. The devil will attack you. And listen to me. Listen carefully. The greater you exercise effectively the gifts that God has put on the inside of you, the greater the attack and the burden is in your life. Please understand that they did not crucify Jesus just because he claimed to be the Messiah. They crucified Jesus because he claimed to be the Messiah and he effectively exercised the gifts that God put on the inside of him. You see, in Jesus' day, there was a lot of people that were claiming to be the Messiah. In fact, there's a lot of people today who run around like cuckoos and say, I am the Christ, I am the Christ. You know what the difference is between those people and Jesus? Jesus claimed, I am the Christ, and he effectively exercised the gifts that God put on the inside of him. Jesus said, I am the Christ, and he healed the sick and raised the dead. Jesus said, I am the Christ, and he took five loaves and two fish and, and multiplied it and fed 5,000 people and their families and started the first red lobster. Jesus said, I am the Christ, and he performed miracle signs and wonders. Jesus said, I am the Christ, and he began to effectively exercise the gifts that God placed on the inside of him. And when he did that, the religious people came forward and said, oh, he's the Christ. we got to kill him. And the devil will do the very same thing to you. When you begin to effectively exercise the gifts that are on the inside of you, the devil will do everything he can to try to destroy you. So watch this. There are three entities that want your gift. God wants your gift. The enemy wants your gift. And other people want your gift. God wants your gift because he's the one that put it on the inside of you. And just like people that make an investment, they want a return on their investment, right? And God wants a return on the investment that he's placed in your life. So God wants your gift. Here's what I love about God. God knows everything about you, and he's the one that put that gift on the inside of you, didn't he? So you know what that means? That he knew your ability to handle the gift. He knew what your personality was for that gift. And he knew what time frame that you would be born in to use that gift that he put on the inside of you. When you begin to stir up the gift of God and utilize the gifts that God has placed on the inside of you, he will put you in the environment where you will best be able to exercise the gifts that God has placed on the inside of you. That's why you're here. Because there are gifts on the inside of you that God is going to utilize and exercise through this church body to build the kingdom of God. Are you grabbing hold of this? Number two, the enemy wants your gift. You know why the enemy wants your gift? The enemy wants you just to keep your gift for yourself. You see, we get this misconception 
that the reason why that the enemy wants you to take your gift and for you to paint your hair black and your fingernails black and, and put tattoos and piercings all over your body and get bloodshot eyes and walk around looking gothic saying, hey, man, talk like that. Well, that's not what the enemy is trying to accomplish in your life. You know why the enemy wants your gift? The enemy wants you to keep your gift for yourself. You see, God has put gifts on the inside of you so that he can get them through you so that you can be a blessing to the people around you. And the enemy wants you to keep your gift for yourself and say, uh, I'm not going to use my gift to help Faith Tabernacle to build the kingdom of God. I'm going to keep my gifts for myself. You know, you'd have to have about 40 services a week to hold everybody in this church if we would all use our giftings that we have on the inside of us to the optimal level. So the enemy wants you to keep the gift for yourself and say, you know what, I'm not really going to work hard to build the kingdom of God. I'm just going to keep my gifts for myself. The enemy wants you to keep your gift for yourself. So God wants your gift, that's a good thing. The enemy wants your gift, that's a bad thing. But other people want your gift too. And other people want your gift because your gift, a gift, how many of you know gifts are attractive? They're attractive. And other people want your gift. And here's the problem. When other people get your gift... In relationship, whether it be your spouse or your business partners or your friends, when other people get your gifts, they don't just get your gifts. They also get your dirt. And, you know, most people can handle your gifts, but not very many people can handle your dirt. You see, every one of us have great gifts, but every one of us also have some dirt. And the dirt is the problem for the gift. You see... The dirt is the burden to the blessing. My gifts cause me to walk in great power, but my dirt is what causes me the problems. Because my gifts have to do with my charisma, but my dirt has to do with my character. So the question becomes, how do I balance the gifts that God has placed on the inside of me with the dirt that I have to deal with? Because everybody in here has got gifts, and everybody in here has also got some dirt. So we ask the question, how do we balance the blessings that God has put inside of us that he wants to utilize and use with the burdens that we have to deal with? This is why it's so tough for people to date these days. Because when you're dating, all you see is the gift. But shortly after you get married, you begin to see the dirt. And she'll look at you and she'll say, what in the world? If I'd have known you had those kind of things going on in your life, I wouldn't have walked the aisle and said, I do. I would have said, I dirt. I dirt. So the question becomes, how do you balance the gifts in your life with the dirt that you have to deal with? And there were a lot of people in the Word of God that they had a lot of gifts, but they also had a lot of dirt. You see, we've all got gifts, but we've also all got some dirt too. Moses, a mighty leader. He walked right up to Pharaoh's palace and he slammed through the doors and he said, Pharaoh, turn that music off. He said, God said, uh, let my... You know, you know, Moses had a stuttering problem. He said, let my... Let my people go. He said, we want out of here. He was a gifted leader, but he also had some dirt. You see, he murdered a man trying to help God accomplish the work that God was going to do there. He had a lot of giftings, but he also had a lot of dirt. We all say, how do I balance 
the gifts that God has put on the inside of me with the dirt that I have to deal with. And God says, that's the problem. You don't do it. God said, you put it in my hands. He said, you get the gifts and the dirt that is in your hands and get it out of your hands and put it in my hands. The whole time I've been preaching, I've been struggling with holding this microphone, holding this gift, and holding this dirt. But watch this. If I take this dirt and I set it down, and I take this gift, and I set it down, then I've got the freedom and the liberty that I need to preach the way that I really want to preach. And God is saying, if you'll take the gifts that I put on the inside of you and put them in my hands, and you take the dirt that you have to deal with and get it out of your hands and get it in my hands, then I'm going to help you to be the man of God, the woman of God, and the young person of God that I want you to be. Because hear me today. Life is predicated by whose hands you put something into. If you put a football in my hands, it's not going to be worth $2. But if you take that same football and you put it into the hands of a Peyton Manning or a Russell Wilson, then you're going to have Super Bowl champions because it all depends on whose hands you put something into. Hear me, come on, listen to me. If you take a tennis racket and you put it in my hands, I might be able to swat some mosquitoes for you. But if you take that same tennis racket and you put it into the hands of a Serena or a a Venus Williams, then you're going to have Wimbledon champion sisters because it all depends on whose hands you put something into. If you take some paint and a paintbrush and put it in my hands, I'll be able to make you some ugly stick figures. But if you take some paint and a paintbrush and you put it into the hands of a Leonardo da Vinci, then you're going to have a masterpiece that's worth millions of dollars because it's all about whose hands you put something into. If you put me behind a set of black and white keys and I begin to play, everybody in here is going to cover their ears and they're going to run out of here as fast as they can. But if you put somebody like Sister Debbie behind that black and white keys, then she's going to play some anointed music that is powerful because it's all about whose hands you put something into. You take a slingshot and you put it into my hands, I won't be able to hit the backside of a barn, but if you take a slingshot and put it into the hands of a shepherd boy by the name of David, then he can slay a giant and bring victory for the children of Israel, because it's all about whose hands you put something into. If you take a staff and put it in my hands, then I might be able to shoo off a big, mean, vicious Rottweiler, but if you take a staff and put it into the hands of a man by the name of Moses, then he'll part the Red Sea, and the people of Israel will cross over into the promised land, because it's all about whose hands you put something into. If you take a hammer and nails and some wood and you put it into my hands, I won't be able to make you a little ugly birdhouse. But if you take a hammer and some nails and some wood and you put it into the hands of Jesus Christ, the master builder, then you've got healing. You've got salvation. You've got restoration. You've got freedom because it's all about whose hands you put something into. And God is saying, take the gifts and the dirt that you have to deal with and the gifts that God has put on the inside of you. Get them out of your hands. Get them into God's hands and he's going to help you to be the man of God and the woman of God and the young person of God that he's called you to be because it's all about whose hands you put something into. He's got the whole world in his hands. The same God that has put the giftings on the inside of you is the same God that's going to help you with the dirt that you have to deal with. The same God who provided you with gifts is the same God who's not afraid to get involved in the dirty places of your life. Ephesians 4.8 says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. 
Find a way to spread the greatest gift, Jesus, to someone during this Christmas season. Now that you have received this encouraging reminder, I want to encourage you to go to the store on our website at revivalfires.org and order your friends and family our special CD-DVD combo of the complete unedited version of this powerfully anointed message, Stir Up the Gift. We would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Merry Christmas from Revival Fires International. You've been listening to the Revival Fires radio broadcast with Dr. Tim Tom. Revival Fires International is a dynamic ministry fanning the flames of revival across America and around the world through revival services, evangelistic crusades, providing more than 300,000 Bibles for our troops defending America in the war on terror, giving more than 2.5 million Truth For Youth Bibles to America's young people, providing 1 million Bibles for the people of Cuba that have never had a Bible, providing more than 1 million Bibles for Russian soldiers, and more than 2.5 million Bibles for Russian young people, television and radio ministry, and Internet evangelism. To receive a CD-DVD combo of today's message, or to view Dr. Tim Todd's ministry itinerary, or to become a monthly flame partner, or give a one-time tax-deductible financial gift to Revival Fires to help us continue the vitally important work that God is doing through Revival Fires International, you may go to revivalfires.org or write to us at Revival Fires, P.O. Box 372, West Monroe, Louisiana, 71294. Our address again is Revival Fires, P.O. Box 372, West Monroe, Louisiana, 71294. Until our next program, thank you for praying for us, and thank you for helping us take the whole gospel to the whole world before Jesus comes.